0: Let's go, girls.
1: Come on. From New York City to Los Angeles, powered up with Beck and Franklin, is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they've always dreamed of. Why live in black and white when you can choose the brilliance of 3D and Technicolor? Each week, Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin and their high-powered guests will be here to cheer you on, to share their challenges, their successes, and what they've learned along the way. It's all about women supporting women. The stories and practical tips on sex, beauty, money, and so much more are designed to help you reconnect to the powerful woman you are fabulous knows no limits now it's time for you to expand your boundaries here are sandra beck and linda franklin Hey ladies, this
0: is Sandra Beck and I'm here with Linda Franklin and we've got a wonderful show today. We are welcoming Michael Russer of HardlyBroken.com and we're going to be talking about intimacy with respect to couples and long-term relationships and even new relationships. I think it's super fun. Linda, how are you today? I'm good. I'm good. It's
2: been uh, an interesting month, uh, but uh, I'm getting ready for the holidays and feeling pretty good. How about you?
0: really good you know i decided that i was going to turn over another new leaf i think i turn over a leaf like every three months and um this one is going to be that all i'm going to do is look forward like that's it i'm just going to look forward i'm tired of looking back i'm not going to worry about you know what i didn't get done today i'm going to say okay this is what i'm going to do tomorrow i'm going to do it i'm going to keep going i'm going to keep moving forward
2: um okay i'm not sure i agree with that (laughs)
0: Well, that's good because you always give me good things to think about.
2: (laughs) I think that you have to be exactly where you are right now and not think about tomorrow because by thinking about tomorrow all the time, then you're not really in the moment in the, in the time where you need to be. So um, I, you know, I just, I just want you to be where you are right now. Enjoy it all. Uh, You may, flit off to what's going to happen tomorrow, but I want you to flip back just as quickly to where you are right now.
0: Oh, you know what? I love that, Linda, because you always give me such good perspective. You know, I, I spent so much time looking back and then I thought, well, I'm just going to look forward. And, you know, it never occurred to me to just like have that pendulum drop right in the middle and go, okay, I'm going to just be where I am.
2: If you're looking back and always looking forward, where do you have time to enjoy what's going on right now, right in front of your nose? I mean, you don't. And that's what life is all about. It's all of the it's the conglomeration of moments uh, of your life.
0: You know, you're right. You're right. I mean, I I think it's because we're coming up on a new year, you know, and I'm so excited for 2014, you know, for the first time in probably five years, you know, I'm financially set. My mom is, you know, resting in peace. And, you know, my divorce is final and my foreclosure is over. And, you know, for the really the first time in probably five or six years, I can just focus on what I want to do rather than putting out all these fires. So I think that's one of the reasons that I'm looking forward to 2014?
2: Okay, well, no, I'm not saying that you shouldn't have a plan and, be, and love what you're doing and get excited about what you're doing, but don't forget to stop and, you know, to, to really enjoy what's going on right now, because when you, when you look back at it, that's all we really have.
0: You're right. You're right. And that's such a good perspective, you know, because we do seem to rush through this time of year. I don't know about you, but, you know, I hit the ground running at 6 a.m. this morning. I haven't stopped. You know, I grabbed a sandwich at 2 o'clock and, and um, just just went bananas um, since then. And And you're right. Did I enjoy anything during the day? I think so. I was moving so fast. I don't think I stopped enough to even enjoy anything.
2: Well, that's the thing. So it is, you know, it's just taking that time and, and not rushing so much. And and people are doing it all the time. But, you know, eventually, um, I think that that catches up with you. I know that it has with me and I'm really making really a concerted effort to slow down. And um, we we talked about this a lot about not pushing quite so hard.
0: Oh, yeah, <laughs> I just, it's so, so not in my nature sometimes. Sometimes I feel really lazy and really zen, and sometimes I feel like I'm just going to exist, and then I get all charged up, like, woo, 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 here we go, we go, 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 you well, know, I about, haven't. <laughs>
2: it's not about being laid back or being, you know, by zen or being, you know, in, in full gear. It's about being conscious of where you are at the moment. And there's no good and bad, but be con be be very conscious of where you are right now. Right now we're doing a radio show. Is it fun? Yeah. Are you having a good time? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. That's it. Don't think about tomorrow. All you have right now is the radio show, and that's and that's where that's where your consciousness is
0: that's true that's true because when I am in the moment and I am doing things I truly enjoy them but I do also enjoy planning I you know I was so excited to get my 2014 planners you know I have one that's just for each radio show and I have one for my business and I know you know running a technology company I should be putting all this digital but there is nothing I like better than writing an appointment or writing a to-do in a leather-bound book because then it's real
2: (laughs) Okay, you're young <laughs> That might change a little bit. I've decided today that I need an intern for uh, 2014. so we're in the process of getting someone just so I can. So many people have told me how to do a database, what to do, what I need to do. It's just not my thing. I don't like it. I sit down at the machine and I'll find a million reasons not to do it. So I said, okay, I'm going to get an intern. They are going to create my Shining service. Um, uh, database. So everything is consolidated in one place and it's actually rather pay someone to do that for me.
0: Oh, well, you know, that's really good. I mean, I I guess, you know, I have Michael and Erin that help me, you know, every day. And so, you know, I feel like I have that. But there's just something about a new planner, a fresh year, you know, all the opportunity, a blank slate in front of us. And, you know, we just get to create. And I think that's, you know, I don't know, that creation part really gets me all excited.
2: Well, we're creating every moment. It depends what you're creating, right? I we're guess. And the thats what we're doing with our life. We're constantly in the process of creating. We're creating good things. We create, create not so good things, but um, we try to be consciously creating the things that make you know that 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 make us happy and put us in a good place. And if that puts you in a good place and you're happy, God bless you, and
0: that's where you need to be. <laughs> Well, tomorrow it'll be all stressed out. I'll be, Linda. I spent eleven hours yesterday planning, and now I'm all stressed out. Um, but you're right. I mean, it is. Um, yeah, I never thought about it that way. That we're creating every day, you know. And I do create. I create books. I create websites. I create concepts and companies. But it never occurred to well, me to think about that I'm creating.
2: The life if you create. You're creating with your kids. You're creating when you make dinner. You're creating. You know when you're whatever you're doing, you're, you're, you're creating, it doesn't always, it's not just about what you're creating in your business. It's, it's just creating things that make Sandra happy.
0: Oh, I like that. I'm going to put that on my 2014, like because I don't think that way. (laughs) I'm putting it in my planner creating for Sandra, but it's cooking dinner for
2: the kids could be the most wonderful experience of the day. I don't know it is
0: it is i do i do love to take like one piece of chicken and make it three ways so my dad is happy my littlest son is happy and my middle son is happy even though we're all having chicken each one has like either a different spice or a sauce or a side you know and i just never thought of that as creating and you're right i think i'm gonna write down i wrote down you know from our it's our radio show but it feels like a coaching session i'm gonna put on my post-it on my wall for for this week is what are you creating
2: yeah what are you creating every moment so it, and at the beginning it's like a muscle that you have to work at because it, it takes some time just like you know like an exercise to to really get that going that um, you're you're really conscious of of what you're doing and how that makes you feel and if it really feels crummy, it's usually not a good thing hmm. hey, it's called pay, paying attention that's all paying attention to your life to 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 you. And so many people don't because they're, like, off in in the twilight zone somewhere. They're just going through the motions, but they're not paying attention.
0: Well, or you're so busy. You know, like when you have little kids or, you know, my dad lives with me and he's going to be 80 in February. And, you know, I'm planning his 80th birthday party. I could spend all day planning stuff and never get up.
2: (laughs) No, well, that's life, right? But uh, you really, you just, at some point, you have to say, okay. What what
0: And, you know, it brings us to our guest today. You know, when I was thinking about our guest today, you know, he's going to be talking about, you know, creating intimacy. And it's like, you know. Yeah, but it's a conscious decision, like day in and day out. And like, you know, every few minutes, you know, I think of that old, um, the rabbi told me once this funny thing. He's like, if you want to make love on Saturday, he's like, you got to start foreplay on Monday. (laughs) That's right.
1: And, and foreplay, I thought uh, a yeah.
2: lot of different things, like a man washing the dishes or vacuuming the rug is foreplay, right?
0: Yeah, it would be for me. Yeah, <laughs> you want to get in my pants? You better clean my pool. <laughs> um <laughs> You're not but, the
2: only woman that thinks that way.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think about intimacy between friends, like just intimacy between girlfriends, you know, not a not a physical intimacy. But it's mm-hmm. like if we don't talk, we can't nurture each other. We can't nurture our relationships either. But what is
2: really intimacy? To me, intimacy, um, a, a big, big part of intimacy is trust. Mm. And, and um, as we go through life, sometimes it gets harder to trust people and you you know that's why you you drop people along the way because you've lost uh you've lost the the trust that you had in them and um without that there it doesn't pay
0: yeah and it's do you think that when you lose that trust and we only have a minute to break so sorry to give you this at the last minute but do you think it's able to get trust back
2: um, you know, I, yes, I, I do. I think that you everyone deserves a second chance.
1: Ah.
3: Because
2: without, without forgiveness, uh, you know, life, is, life is just too short. I do believe in, in forgiveness. Uh, but I don't believe in, um, you know, 17 chances because <laughs> there has to be a, a cutoff where you say, okay, this, this, um, th- this zebra is not going to change his stripes. It's not for me. I have to let it go.
0: Oh, I love that so many words of wisdom from Linda Franklin this is Sandra Beck and this is Powered Up Talk Radio and this week we are going to welcome Michael Russer from Hardly Broken we're going to talk about intimacy and we're going to talk about it from an emotional a physical and a spiritual uh, aspect And we're going to talk about how to build it and get stronger over time so when you come back from the break you're not going to want to miss this uh,
1: Powered Up Talk Radio catch you after the break. We've got lots more powered up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages.
4: Familia, faith, identity, tradicion. Latina life is never boring but it can be muy dramática. So how do you coexist between the old school ways of la abuela and the new school life you're creating for yourself without losing your faith, familia, identity, or tradiciones? Welcome to Living Latina with Francesca Escoto, where culture curls and curves collide in one spicy cross-cultural conversation that will leave you begging for más. Francesca tackles all the important issues... From politics to family values to religion to, you guessed it, relationships and men. As Chief Everything Officer at The Wow Factor, Francesca is passionate about showing women of all cultures, ages, and lifestyles how to rock what they've got with style, sass, and smarts. Be sure to join her every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time for Living Latina, only on the WooHoo Radio Network.
3: A show that supports women who are in the midst of a transition in midlife. The show is Second Wind. Here's what certified coach, author, and host of Second Wind, Joyce Buford, wants you to know. It's
1: so empowering for women to hear about other women and their accomplishments.
3: We all need cheerleaders, someone who's on our side.
1: Second Wind is that program to help women Connect with other women, hear other women's stories. In
3: a stressful world, find
1: power in those stories.
3: Learn to discover your passions and joys again. Create the life you want to live to the fullest. Join us for Second Wind with Joyce Buford, Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Central, right here on the Toginet Radio Network.
1: We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and
0: Franklin. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and this is Powered Up Talk Radio with Linda Franklin. And we have Michael Russer today, who is an intimacy expert. And I'm so excited for today's show. I always come away uh, with learning more. Even with Linda, Just you were like my coach opening segment. I love that. I really missed it. Um, But we're going to talk about intimacy today. And, you know, before we start giving our opinions on intimacy, I'd like to go to Michael Russer and ask him what is intimacy? It's a word we hear all the time. People want it, people crave it, people build it. What does it really mean to us today?
5: Well, you know, first of all, thanks for having me back on the show. It's great to be back, um, and uh, you two definitely live up to your name of "Powered Up." That's for sure. I listened to the first <laughs> segment. Uh, intimacy means different things to different people in our culture, and it's really helpful to be on the same playing uh, on the same page with respect to these kind of ideas and distinctions. So, the way I teach intimacy uh, that is pretty well accepted by everybody once they really get it. Is that it really means connection between two people, and that connection can be on an emotional level, physical level, spiritual level, or all three. And between couples, you really want it on all three. And uh, but with friends, you know, obviously it would be on a um, primarily an emotional level. Your family, the same thing. And it uh, really, it boils down to connection and uh, linda i think i, I you know, when i heard you say something about you know losing trust you can't be intimate with somebody you lose trust with and that includes emotional intimacy and that's uh that's absolutely true because what happens is we shut down that connection and so thereby lose that sense of intimacy but i think connection is what really people is everybody's cr- craving
2: uh, today, today in the Wall Street Journal, there was a question "Is how good is your marriage? And I think they had 25 questions. I must admit, I did not go to do the questionnaire. But it always comes down to, you know, it, it, it is, um, it, it has, you know, different layers. But, um, you know, trust and connection and, um, you know, kind of being on the same page, uh, having a lot of the same likes, you know, not, not being identical twins, but you know, um, having a general sense of the world, uh, that you agree with the other person kind of helps. I
5: I, it, it can, it can help in some ways, but I don't think, and this is just my two cents on this. I don't think it's necessary. I think you can have deep connection with somebody that may have very different views on things. Um, You know, unless they're they're views that are very damaging or or negative, of course, uh, where you feel like you have to protect yourself. And that that sense of protection is not feeling like you have to protect yourself, that sense that you can be vulnerable with the other person uh, is a very important, uh, necessary component to deep connecting intimacy. So I, am I'm not, I'm not sure I, I would totally agree that you'd have to be on the same page with everybody in terms of your beliefs uh, or even values. Uh, it's, it's, it's. Do you, you know, do you allow yourself to connect, and that requires vulnerability. That, that's. I, I try to look at it that way. There's, you got, you know, you have the opposites attract too. You have a lot of cases of
6: that.
0: Michael, let me ask you: Can you have, and this is my own ignorance and being kind of a dork, um, can you have great sex on a regular basis without intimacy with the same person, or do you need to have intimacy to really have great sex?
5: No, that's not a dumb question at all. Uh, first of all, most men will think that they're having great sex, and the their female partner are thinking, well, you yeah, know, in your mind maybe, uh, <laughs> and so so a lot of men confuse sex and intimacy, and they're very different things. Uh, Intimacy is that deep connection, and sex may or may not, or intimacy may or may not include sex. Uh, If it does, then you've got a deep physical connection. But to answer your question, uh, it really requires absolute strong, deep emotional intimacy before you're going to have sustained uh, what I call extraordinary physical intimacy, I don't care how great the sex is, it's not going to last if the emotional intimacy is there, isn't there, there. Meaning and, the
0: sex won't last or the relationship won't last?
5: Well, first, the sex won't last. And frankly, if the strong uh, and deep uh, connecting emotional intimacy is not there, chances are the, the relationship in general is not going to last. Because it starts with the heart connection first.
0: Linda, I'd love your thoughts on this. Well, I guess I- I do agree with
2: Michael uh, that, you know, that the sex part wears out if everything else in the relationship is, is wearing out. Um, I think that you need to have a, a level of respect for the person that you're with. Uh, if, if you don't, uh, you know, it turns into uh, uh, who is the boss type thing, which is which is devastating uh and happens so often it it, it becomes like uh like a chess match, you know, who's gonna win this round? And there is nothing that's a, a bigger turn off uh in the bedroom than that, especially to the man. It might be a turn off to the woman sometimes, but to the man, uh once you uh emasculate him, uh it it it's kind of uh fait accompli.
5: Well, you know, it, it's that when you, when you start playing um, politics, so to speak, uh, whether it's sexual politics or emotional politics with your partner, then by definition, there is no intimacy because uh, everybody is protecting themselves. Now, there are situations, especially in the bedroom, where you have um, uh, alternative, uh, let's say, uh, how, what's the best? I, I used to call it gender swapping, but it's not really the right term. It's it's where because uh, it every every man and every woman have both components of male and female, and in the bedroom those can be expressed, uh, where the female can take on a more masculine approach and uh, and uh, and vice versa, and then back over again, and that can happen uh, several times during a during a lovemaking session, with with my partner and I that happens actually quite often, and uh, but, you know our our average lovemaking session is two hours, uh, so. You know, we have a lot of time for that. And so it's, it's really, it's a, um, you know, again, if you go back to the foundational, uh, that is being open-hearted, emotional connection, deep connection, respect by definition will be there. Uh, disrespect will destroy that connection.
0: What are you doing for two hours? I just got to buzz in and say that, you know, are you, I mean, I don't need to know the physical, physical things, but I like, are you talking? Are you sharing? Are you, I mean, two hours is a long time.
5: Uh, you'd be surprised. Uh, those two hours can go by really quickly. <laughs> I know everybody keeps asking that. And then the next question is, how do you even have time for that? You know, it, it, Sandra, you know, my partner and I are both, uh, you know, we're, we, uh, we both have our own companies and we're working 16, 18 hours a day. And, and so first and foremost, folks, you plan your sessions together. Uh, that's what happens with my partner and I. Uh, we plan. And Now that may seem like, well, that's not very exciting. It's not spontaneous. Well, Lou Paget, who, who was a friend of all three of us, who's also one of the top uh, sex educators in the world, will tell you that the whole idea behind uh, spontaneous sex is really, a, a, you know, it's, a, it's a, a fallacy. It's everything is planned. So to answer your question, what do we do? Well, first and foremost, we enhance our emotional connection by nurturing each other in various ways. We might start out by taking a shower together. And um, in, in my, my rule is it's always ladies first. And any time that we do something together, I always put Jackie, my partner, first. So when we're in the shower together, we'll use a loofah and I'll first scrub her down. And she loves it. It's like a massage in the shower. And then she'll, she'll do the same with me. But we don't get overt in that case. It's just, a, it's, like, it's just like a caring for each other. So it starts there. Then we'll usually go and start massage. And I'll spend 20, 30, 40 minutes massaging her. And, uh, and again, nothing overt uh, it's, I'll, I'll work on her shoulders, on her neck, on her feet, on her legs. She loves her feet being massaged. And uh, so I'll spend extra time that doing that. And so what's happening here is I realize, because as you both know, I am fully impotent. I cannot get it up to save my life, even with the drugs. So That was ended up being a gift for me because that allowed me to slow way down for my partner and match her sexual response profile, which was the biggest gift I've ever had to my intimate life. And so I spend that time really giving to her. And uh, for the men listening to this, uh, let me tell you what the payoff for that is. You end up releasing the tigress in your woman because you've taken the time and acknowledgement that it does take a lot longer for women to warm up that way. And uh, we're, we're, us guys, you know, at least those of us that can function normally, which I'm not one of anymore, uh, bam, we're ready in two seconds. And I, and <laughs> I was explaining to Jackie, I says, a guy just needs to look at an attractive woman and he's ready. And uh, and it's apparently so. And she says, Really? I said, Sweetie, you've been with me too long. <laughs> <laughs> and so 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 we spend that kind of time, and then and only then do we start getting to the point where we become um uh, uh, you know uh, uh, stimulate each other er- erotically and and again, always ladies first uh and that has proven to be uh, let's just say an extraordinary <laughs> approach where um our level of intimacy now is even far greater than it was when we first started. And usually, and we just celebrated our one-year anniversary, usually after a year things start leveling off or start heading south. And that's not at all the case, not at all. And we, we discover new things all the time.
0: You know what, Michael, i got to take us to commercial break. Our guest today on Powered Up Talk Radio with Beck and Franklin is Michael Russer. His website is hardlybroken.com. It's just like it sounds, H-A-R-D-L-E-Y-B-R-O-K-E-N.com. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk about building emotional intimacy, physical intimacy, and spiritual intimacy. I didn't even know there were three kinds. So if you want to know this, you need to come back after the break.
1: We've got lots more powered up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages.
4: This is for all you girls about 42 Tossing pennies into the fountain
6: of youth yeah. In the annals of recorded history, there has never been anything that can compare to home movies. But now, in this modern era, where do you turn for the best information? Right here. It's the Home Movie Legacy Project, hosted by Rhonda Vigent. Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Learn how to organize, digitize, share on social media, use as genealogy research, repurpose or even monetize found footage. Discover ways to find films about your own family that you didn't even know existed, or create a documentary that can use the power of home movies to deliver a message that can impact the lives of many. For more on Rhonda and the show, go to our website, homemovielegacy.com. Then be here as the journey continues with the Home Movie Legacy Project with Rhonda Vigent, Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Central, here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Are you happy with your life? satisfied with the direction you're taking more importantly are you content with the results you're seeing then success profiles radio is the program for you join host brian k wright as he talks to experts in many areas relating to life success including expertise in leadership business relationships careers networking health overcoming adversity and much more each week we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life For more on Brian and the show, check out his website, BrianKWright.com. Each week is a dose of inspiration. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. Success Profiles Radio is a show that will clearly demonstrate the principle, if I can do it, you can do it. So don't miss this opportunity to take control of your life and your results. Success Profiles Radio with Brian K. Wright. Mondays at 5 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network.
1: Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's some more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin.
4: This is for all you girls about 42.
0: Hey ladies, this is Sandra Beck with... Linda Franklin on Powered Up Talk Radio, and our guest today is Michael Russer of HardlyBroken.com. And as promised, we are going to ask Michael to quickly go over what are the three different types of intimacy. There's emotional, physical, and spiritual. I get the physical part. I kind of get the emotional, but you lost me on the spiritual.
5: Well, um, all of them are, are based on connection. Emotional connection is from the heart. All right, you can feel that. You can feel that warmth and trust and, and uh, vulnerability in a good way. The physical intimacy, yes, it, it's beyond sex. That includes that sense of connection and respect. You can have physical connect or physical sex, but it's not necessarily intimacy. It, again, intimacy is connection at a much deeper level, and the spiritual intimacy, uh, Sandra and Linda. That is something that is experienced once a couple really gets in tune with each other. And we can uh, give examples of that in a little bit if you'd like to explore that further. But again, it's a it's a much deeper connection.
0: Now, Linda, you and your husband have been married a long time, but you don't have kids. And you came up with a great point uh, while we were on break. Uh,
2: yeah, I mean, Michael's scenario of a two-hour session of just being close to one another and intimate with one another is wonderful. But I hear this all the time and, and I see it, you know, w- you know, women that have children and they're working and, and they come, they were working mothers and they come home and they're taking care of the kids. And, you know, and then they have the husband stuff. I mean, they can't seem to carve out five minutes, um, you know, for each other, uh, let alone two hours. And and a lot of surveys say that a lot of women would rather, um, have a good night's sleep than make love because they're exhausted? How do they handle this?
5: Well, it's um, it, th- that's a great question, Linda. And it was the same question posed, uh, posited to me on the Baby Didn't Toddler Instructions show uh, in the August. <laughs> and when I got done, the host applauded. And it starts with this. First of all, A lot of mothers, uh, the last thing they want to do is have that come-hither look from their husband after they've been with the kids all day. It's like, you got to be kidding me. So uh, what I recommend is that the husband just say, look, let's just lay down together, and I will massage you. I will cuddle with you. I will just make you feel wonderful in any way that you want. No goals. No hidden agendas. Let me just take care of you. And you'd be surprised what happens when that happens, because once the husband can, uh, let's just say, synchronize with her, with her energy level, whatever, then one thing leads to another. And you end up, this kind of lovemaking, Linda, actually is generative and, and creates more energy at the end than when you first got started.
2: But the husband has got to really be true to his word, because if it's just to come online to to get her into bed to have, you know, a quickie, then, you know, then that trust that we were talking about earlier is gone.
5: (laughs) Absolutely. And um, and and uh, the other thing, too, is and what I teach is uh, make love for the man. Make love as if you're impotent, because uh, most women would appreciate that. And uh, so don't even think about penetrative sex in the beginning. Take care of her first and uh, at her speed and that's when you have a whole different ending than what uh, women are let's say concerned about
0: how would you change this if you're been in a rut with your partner for let's say i don't know 10 years i mean i think about like when i was married and you know we did not have a great sex life i'll say that to anyone who wants to listen um <laughs> and I know, is that awful? But, but it's the truth. And I think people need to, to, to hear that so that they can acknowledge it for themselves and go, well, if she can acknowledge it, I can acknowledge it. And when you can yeah. acknowledge things, you can change it. So what do you do if you are in that kind of rut? Is this the conversation you have to have over dinner away from the kids?
5: Well, first, it it depends on what kind of relationship you have on the emotional level. If you have uh, if you're both emotionally shut down, then uh, it doesn't matter what I have to say, because you need therapy or you need to um, determine what's going to happen to the relationship. Because until you have that emotional intimacy, it's not going to improve your sex life measurably at all. I don't care who they're talking to. So let's assume for the moment, Sandra and Linda, that the, the emotional intimacy is strong but there's a rut in terms of the physical intimacy. And this happens a lot. Well, it starts with that communication and total transparency and vulnerability. And it usually is because, the rut happens because um, usually uh, the woman is not being satisfied in the way she wants to, and the man thinks he's doing it right. He he's, feels like, hey, I'm doing a great job here. And, and uh, it's, it's the way men and women are culturally and physically wired that literally gets in the way of what their hearts truly yearn for which is deep abiding connection so it starts with that conversation
2: okay let me jump in here for a second because but don't the women have to take some responsibility for that because if, oh. if they're if they're in a uh, in a sexual relationship with their husband or boyfriend or whatever they and they're not able to tra- uh, let that person know what makes them feel good or they don't know what makes them feel good how do they expect the man to, to know that if they don't know that about themselves. So don't women have to really understand their bodies and what it takes to make them feel good.
5: Absolutely. Linda, you hit it right on the head. Women, women are equally responsible in this communication. Communication is, is it's a two way street. Absolutely. And, and just to share with you, uh, my, my partner, um, uh, you know, was very clear about what she liked and I paid attention And I am now benefiting from that as well as she, uh, for over a year now.
0: Huh. I just think it's interesting. I just, uh, you know, I think conversations like that are hard for people to have. And, um, you know, I think of my friends and their relationships and the longer that they're in the relationships, the harder it feels like, you know, you can, can change like turning an aircraft carrier around in a bathtub. Um, when you guys start a new relationship, it's easy to start with new habits. How do you break these old habits? Do either of you want to weigh in?
5: Well, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll weigh in uh, on this one. Uh, the, uh, it, again, it, it, um, it starts with being very vulnerable. And that is probably one of the most difficult parts of, of having any kind of relationship. And uh, Sandra, as you know, I I drew a line in the sand and said, I'm never going back to being shut down the way I was. And so a big part of this is being vulnerable, which means you feel everything. It means you feel uh, you can feel uncomfortable when your partner tells you something that is different than what you had, what you thought. And maybe you're not pleasing her or he's not pleasing you the way uh, or you're pleasing him the way you, you, you you thought you were. And so it, it, it really is a matter of being very vulnerable. And, and uh, with that vulnerability comes the emotional connection. Uh, we have seen tremendous changes in just three weeks taking this approach and uh, in, in walking people through this. So, yeah, it, it can turn around, but it requires that, that risk of vulnerability. And, uh, and that's where I think a lot of relationships really flail Most people would prefer the the certainty of their misery rather than the misery of uncertainty and exploring new things.
2: Yes, and uh, and this emotional bond, you know, if if you don't want to open yourself up to being vulnerable and what will happen with that, that's why so many people are out screwing around. They have, it's easier for them to go out and seek um, an emotional relationship with a stranger than it is with
5: their own partner yeah that's true but usually uh, those kinds of things will fail too because it's not a it's those kinds of relationships usually are not they're, they're, they're It's almost a distraction ultimately we need to take responsibility for feeling vulnerable for allowing ourselves to be vulnerable and uh, and if you create that kind of space uh, and if you've got a, a a strong underlying foundation of emotional intimacy with your partner, they will respond in a positive way to that in most cases.
2: But why are so many people, both men and women, looking for that out of of their marriages?
5: Because we're, we're all shut down. And, <laughs> um, it, you know, our, our society conspires to shut us all down. Uh, distraction is the drug of choice, Linda, we distract ourselves to oblivion so we don't have to feel because we're afraid to be in the moment. In the if opening segment, you talked about your coaching, Sandra, about being present. That is one of the most difficult things for people. That's one of the things people are most afraid of, yet it's absolutely required if you're going to have an a, a incredible or what I call extraordinary level of emotional, physical, and spiritual intimacy with your partner. Or yourself. Pardon
2: me? Or yourself.
5: Or yourself. Exactly. Yes. Or yourself. And, uh, you know, this is, this is a choice I made, uh, a couple of years ago. I was a very shut down guy. Uh, and my marriage failed because of it. I take full responsibility for it. And I drew a line in the sand. I crossed over. I said, I will, I would rather die than go back to being shut down. And I mean that quite seriously.
0: Elinda, we have just about two minutes to the end of the show. I want you to explain about, you You chimed in with or yourself. I would love you to explain that comment.
2: Well, I think it's very hard to have that kind of relationship you want with somebody else if you don't have that kind of relationship with yourself. If you're walking around um, and you're not conscious of of who you are, what makes you happy, what you want, how co- and you can't please yourself, how can you expect somebody else to please you in any area, spiritually, emotionally, sexually? So I think that the main thrust here, I love that word, is <laughs> um, especially on this show, is, is to get to know yourself and what makes you tick, uh, because then it, it's a lot easier to be able to transfer that into, into a relationship. But if you're really shut down, it's almost impossible.
5: Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more, Linda. And it does. It starts with that choice. It is a choice to say, I no longer choose to live that way. I no longer choose to live shut down. And that means um, being open to... Oh, you know so. what, Michael?
0: I'm going to cut you off. We have to go to right. commercial break and it's a perfect reason for people to come back. If you want to know about what it feels like to be shut down, because most shut down people don't even know they're shut down. Um, but sure. we can discuss this and we can uh, experience some of the benefits of opening up and being hard open, as Michael said. My name is Sandra Beck. I'm here with Linda Franklin. This is Powered Up Talk Radio. Our guest, Michael Russer, can be reached at HardlyBroken.com. If you want to learn how to light up your life, come back after the break.
1: We've got lots more powered up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages.
6: Have you been laid off? with Alan Sherwood, MBA. Thursday nights at 8, 7 Central, here on TogiNet.com.
3: Get ready to have some fun with some brand new insights from science. Join us for the radio show of scientist Oi Nandi. Born of Indian and Swiss parents, this linguist and biologist authored the book, Human Language Evolution, and will tell you the story of human history, why it began in Africa, and why there arose blonde people, how America was populated. And we'll be answering some much more similar thrilling questions. Scientist Owe Nandi is here to simplify the complex and to give us insight into our history and maybe even share one of his poems from one of two publications. Join us every Wednesday at 12 noon Central on TogiNet Radio for an insightful show with host, scientist, and poet Owe Nandi.
1: Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Hey
0: ladies, this is Sandra Beck and I'm here with Linda Franklin and our guest today is intimacy expert Michael Russer. His website, for those of you who want to check him out, is hardlybroken.com. We were talking before we went to the break about being shut down or feeling shut down and and Michael attributed that to uh, some of the reasons behind uh, his marriage ending and I think that if I look harshly at my own marriage, I can see that how becoming shut down contributed to the downfall of my marriage. I wouldn't say I was, uh, you know, shut down when I started, but I definitely was completely shut off and disconnected by the time I filed for divorce. Um, But I want to ask you, Michael, and then I'm going to ask you, Linda, if you've ever been shut down in your life, what does that feel like? Because I know when I was in my shutdown mode, I didn't even realize it.
5: Well, uh, I don't think I realized it either uh, until about two years ago. I um you know I'm be turning 62 so I was near 60 at the time so a good part of my life I was shut down now as you know I was an international speaker author and you you know all this kind of thing and uh, so I was very out yeah very outgoing but doesn't mean I'm not shut down and so it it I it it wasn't until I got to the point where I realized that my heart I was protecting my heart uh from quote unquote being hurt And uh, the irony of that statement is that the heart never needs protection. Now, the ego, on the other hand, needs all kinds of protection, but the heart never does. We come into this world beautifully heart-open, and it took me an entire lifetime to figure out that's all I needed to do was reopen that heart. And uh, But when I was shut down and fully in it, I didn't know it. And you just know something is wrong. You just know something's missing.
0: Now, Linda, what about you? Have you ever experienced a, a, a heart-closed or an sh- emotional shutdown? Constantly.
2: My whole life, and I probably still, still do. Um, and like you say, it takes you um, a long time to, to realize what you're doing. And it's really funny, when you're in that shutdown, emotionally void kind of space, because you want to protect yourself, those are the kind of people you attract into your life. Because it's when you're that way it's very hard to attract a warm loving giving uh someone that you think that you want, but they're not they're not going to come to you because you're not sending out that kind of message even though you may think you are so i'm I work on that um all the time and it for me i I'm not there yet I'm still working on it uh, there are times when i when I really feel that my heart is really open and that I am uh, giving and feeling. Um, and uh, there's other times where I, I still feel like I'm in protection mode.
0: You know, I'm going to weigh in here because I agree with you. I find that I, I vacillate from, and it's, it's funny, it's a big dichotomy in my life. I've, I am very, very heart open with my two little children or my dad, you know, very, very heart open. And then in the rest of my life, it's so much easier to be shut down because, you know, emotions take a lot of energy and people's emotions sap the life out of me sometimes. And I don't know if you guys ever feel that way. Michael, I'm going to go to you because you're our heart open expert.
5: Yeah, I, I, they, I used to, but now I just tend to be more of an observer. And, um, you know, I try to be very present to everything and uh, not take on other people's emotions. So I just be present for them. And, uh, and it, so it's nowhere near... The um, the impact that it used to have. I it, when when something saps your energy, it's usually because there's a resistance there, and uh, at least that's what it was for me. That's all I can say. Is, is that so? But now I tend to be very very present and just observe, uh, and and not um, you know not not be sucked into anything. And it, and I'm not shut down at all. If anything. I'm more uh, open and uh, vulnerable than I've ever been. And one of the things that I that I do almost on a daily basis, I'd like to share with both of you. And Linda, this is something I do that reminds me and actually physically puts me back into a heart open state. I carry around, and Sandra knows this, I carry around these little glass hearts and I get them from China. And People you know, wonder where I get them. And <laughs> I, at random, I will give them to the people I meet on the street and in the, in, the, in the line at the checkout counter, wherever. And it just if they catch my eye. And I'll hand them a glass heart, and I say, look, this is for you. And I'll look them right in the eye. I says, it's either because you've got such a beautiful smile or because I see such an incredibly big heart that you have. And I do that for me because I can't give those out without my heart opening up. And so it's a way that I physically remind myself, and in fact, actually physically open my heart uh, almost every day. I always carry them with me. Never know who I'm going to give them out to, but almost always do. Well,
2: that's that's a wonderful thing because you know it is it is about giving. Um, but some a lot of people give. I don't know if their heart is that open. They're giving, but I don't know if their heart is that open to it because everybody's walking around with their own shtick. Um, but you know you know we do the best we can, and I and we we just can't go around beating ourselves up because we're not. You know we 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 don't think that we're the way we should be,
5: oh no. We, no we
2: have to be conscious and know who we are and what we're working on and I like what you said that you know just being present and 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 observing, and I do that a lot, and I really don't get involved in other people's issues because it it's not it doesn't it doesn't serve a purpose, but I still. Um, I still get really tied up, you know, if it's if it's my husband or my puppy that's not feeling well or something's going on there, then I you know, I, I feel my heart start to beat really fast and then I get crazy. But I don't with any with other people.
5: Well, I I think it's um, you know, it's, it's when your heart open, it means you're feeling the stuff that doesn't feel good. Eat too. And that's part of <laughs> being open. And you know, there's a book that I recently read called The Presence Process by Michael Brown. And the one thing he says in that book that just resonates with me so powerfully every day is that life is not about feeling good; it's about getting good at feeling. And that's what this 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 drug of choice distraction does to us. It it causes us to shut down. Being shut down means I choose not to feel. And by not feeling, what we're really trying to do is quote unquote protect ourselves from the stuff that feels bad. Well, when you do that, you also shut out everything else, and the things that will that will expand us, that will open up possibilities, that will, that will create deep connections with the people we love or people we meet, and so yeah, it's it's about feeling those things, and that's okay. It's part of the human experience.
0: I'm just sitting here going, oh, I am so lost. Life is not about feeling good. It's about getting good at feeling. Well, if you start to feel again, Michael, there's all these awful feelings that come up, you know, what do you do with those? Like the ones from the past that you've spent, you know, 40 years squashing down.
5: <laughs> well, actually, his book really talks about that. It's usually because of unresolved uh, childhood issues. Mine certainly are. And. And uh, it's because when we were kids, we didn't know how to intellectually integrate what was happening to us. So we, we throw all these, uh, these, this bit of armor up on our, on our, around our heart. And it's, it's a matter of just being with it, feeling it, and just being there and being present and breathing. And you get better and better uh, at, at that. Yeah, the title of the book, again, is called The Presence Process – by Michael Brown, and it's something I've recommended to, oh my God, so many people, and, I, and invariably people just say, thank you. It's a powerful, powerful book. It made a huge difference for me.
0: Linda, what about you? What do you do to be heart open, like what is your conscious choice, or your, you know, what are the things that you're doing in your life that you think make a difference for you? I know you meditate, you do yoga. I mean, you do all sorts of things, but what helps you become more heart open?
2: You know, I love you know yoga. <laughs> I'm not so much into yoga anymore. Um, being conscious is helping me because I I want to be in a place where I'm feeling good. So if I go to the if if I go to a place that I'm not really happy with and we keep it, we're like uh, a record player on replay, replay, replay. And we and human beings tend to go to the things that are negative rather than positive. But I pay attention to that and I really want to get out of that space as much as possible. Life is too short and you can you can change the way you feel by changing your thoughts. I do it. I, I do that a lot. And it really, it really helps me. You what know, does
0: that look like being, you said, you, you know, you're being conscious. What does that look look like? What are you doing? Are you
2: paying attention to how you feel? So many people just go through the, you know, a day and they're not paying any attention to, okay, I went to the supermarket and this woman, you know, said my dog was ugly. How did that make me feel? So, <laughs> did I react to it or didn't I react to it? It's, it's, or, you know, I, I was with my kid and they said something really cute and I loved it. It's, it's realizing the things that feed you rather than the things that, that just take energy out of you. And if, if you start to pay attention to those things, you'll want more of those things in your life and you'll cast away the things that really, really make you feel depleted.
0: Wow, mm-hmm. Michael, you want to add to that? we got about two minutes before break, or actually to yeah. the end of the show.
5: Yeah, I, for me, it's being conscious is the same thing as being present, and, uh, and that is something I practice uh, every moment I can. And, uh, some, and when I forget about it, it uh, means I'm not being conscious. <laughs> so, uh, And even when things aren't feeling, in fact, specifically when things are not feeling good, I, uh, instead of running from them and trying to distract myself from them, I says, okay, all right, I'm here with you. Um, this is like a wave. Uh, it's, it's like any wave coming in, it's going to have its crest and it'll go away. And another wave will come in and it might be feel better. So I, I kind of look at being conscious that way as, as being a surfer and just not fighting the energy, but riding it as best as you can. Some waves are more comfortable than others, but being very aware of it and uh, not resisting it.
0: Okay, well, I want to thank you, Michael, for being our guest today. And thank you, Linda, for being such a wonderful co-host. I think it's been a wonderful show. I've learned so much. i got a whole page full of notes over here. And what I'm really excited about is that in our 2014 uh, season next year, uh, yes, we have been renewed. Yes, we are going to be on the air for another year. Um, Michael is going to come back on a monthly basis and give us a cool, cool uh, 12-month program where each month we're going to work on something that can help 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 us be heart open. Uh, Michael Russer, our guest today, hardlybroken.com, Linda Franklin, Sandra Beck. This is Powered Up Talk Radio. We'll see you next week.